0: If you've got your Bibles, turn to John's Gospel. We started last week uh, looking together this Advent through John's account of the story of Jesus, or the beginning of the story of Jesus. And last week we focused just on John 1.1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I want us to carry on this week looking a little bit further into his gospel. So let's just pray. Lord, as we read your word and as we reflect upon it, we again ask that your spirit would speak to us and challenge us and touch us and do, just say whatever you want to say to each one of us. Lord, you've promised that your spirit would reveal the truth to us and guide us into that truth. So Lord, we, your children, are listening now. Speak, we pray, in the name of Christ. Amen. Has anybody finished their Christmas shopping yet? Don't dare dare put your hand up. I went out for the first time yesterday. What a big mistake that was. Went into Harrow. Anybody go shopping on Black Friday? Did you see on the news that picture of Asda and the door opening? And there were people scrambling for TVs that were larger than they were. That was incredible. Does anybody know why it was called Black Friday? Do you know why it's called Black Friday? Because it won't let you go in the red. Because it won't let you go in the red. What do you mean? Because it's the last payday. Is that it? That's what my son said. It's the last payday, it's the first shopping day after the last payday before Christmas. So you've got money to be able to give away before you realise that halfway through December you're going to go into the red. Black Friday. Do you remember when you were young? Do you remember that gift? Do you remember one Christmas where you really, really, really... Wanted a gift. There must have been one Christmas where, above all the other Christmases, it stands out that there was one gift that you especially wanted. Do you remember that time? Can you remember it? Why don't you share it with someone? Don't share it with your mum, whatever you do, like, especially if you didn't get it. Can you remember one, where one Christmas where there was something you really, really wanted? Santa, please, please bring me. This gift. Do you remember that? There are those kind of special gifts, aren't they? Those special gifts. Have you got one? I'm listening now. What was your gift? You're going to share it. Not me. No. You haven't got one. We didn't get much anyway. Oh, you didn't get one. Get a scarf. Oh, you're lucky to get a scarf. You know, there's sometimes you, you get those gifts that you really, really want. I heard about a, a, a little boy. He really wanted a, a basketball. And so he said, Santa, please. He prayed to everybody. Santa, Jesus, Santa, anybody that's out there, please, I want a basketball. And you know what? Under the Christmas tree, he found this beautiful round object. Because they, they all had the tree up and the gifts were all there. It's a perfect sphere. And he went up and he peeked at it and it had his name on it. He was so excited. You know, because you know what kids do the whole way through Advent. It's the season where they drop hints, isn't it? Oh, if only I had a a nice ball I could go outside and play and leave you alone. Oh, if only... Do you think it would be possible in the New Year, Dad, to put a hoop up on the garage, you know? He was desperate. He was dropping hints all over the place. He saw this thing there. Christmas Day he opened it. Do you know what it was? It was a globe of the world. He was so disappointed. All that hints, all that possibility. And then his parents brought him a globe. You know how I wind up Mr. Allison back there every year? all the time really because he plays tennis with me and he beats me more often than not but so I thought I'd get in a little bit early and I brought Mr. Allison a gift this year come on Mike happy Christmas mate he's a church secretary and and he deserves a gift because he works hard on our behalf all year round do I put it here You can open it right here. This is a gift especially for you. I thought about you yesterday when I went to the shops and I wasn't sure what to get you. And I thought this would be fitting for my friend. This is one proud Jamaican. You're going to get him out. You can get them out. You can try them on even if you like. All right. <laughs> what have you got, Mike? It doesn't have Jamaica on it. What is it? It looks like a British flag but... <laughs> It looks like a British flag, but it's not quite a British flag. What is, that? <laughs> what is it, Mike? <laughs> It's a pair of Union Jack boxer shorts for my good friend. I don't know how to carry on with this. I don't know why I did that really. You know what? I think that the first Christmas was much like that. Let me tell you why. Let's read from John chapter 1. Verse 1 In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. You know the thing about boxer shorts or socks? They're the kind of gifts that we all need, but you don't really want to get at Christmas. True? It's like a tie, isn't it? For a guy, you kind of need ties if you go out of work and you have to wear a tie. But you don't really want to get a tie at Christmas. Socks, you need socks. They come in useful. If you get a whole pack of socks at Christmas, come March, April time, you get them out and you break them out of the packet and they come in useful. But you don't really want socks for Christmas. Those are the kind of gifts any more than uni and jack boxer shorts. They're the kind of gifts that you smile and you say sweetly, oh, thank you so much. But inside of you, it's going, what kind of gift is that? That's not what I wanted. I wanted, I wanted something fun and, and enjoyable and not something useful. In John's Gospel it says this, the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. In other words, Jesus came as the gift that we didn't really want. But the gift that everybody needs. The light shining in the darkness. But the darkness hasn't understood it. Now why didn't the darkness understand? Why didn't humanity understand the need for Christ? Why did John write those words, the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness hasn't understood it? Surely when the Son of God came, everybody should understand. Well, first of all, I think he didn't understand because of the manner of the delivery. Think about it for a minute. The Son of God comes at the most unexpected time. Have you ever lost something? You must have done. Everybody's lost something. Do you know what happens when you lose something? First of all, You hunt around for it, don't you? You go, no, I've I've lost this, I need it, I need it. Now where can it be? Where can it be? And you start retracing your steps and going back there and looking everywhere you think it might be. And what happens? You can't find it. It's not there. I'm sure I must have left it there somewhere. Now where is it? Where is it? Where is it? And then finally what happens? You give up. And you go, well, okay, I guess it might turn up. And what you do is you then, instead of spending your time looking for it, you just log it in the back of your head, don't you? And you think, now, and what happens is, you, it's there, it's, it's in the back of your mind, and you're kind of going around, and then you find, and you see something. Maybe it's there. And you go over there, and you start looking in those places. But you do it as you're going around your daily business. And still you can't find it. And then what happens? Well, then then it kind of starts slipping a little bit. And then what happens is, every now and again, when it kind of comes up that this thing that you've lost, you need it, then you go for a little mini-hunt again, and then you go, well, I didn't find it the first time, and I haven't found it where I thought it might have been all these other times, and I still can't find it. And then lastly what happens is it slips completely out of your memory, and you forget all about it. And you either replace it if you need it, and then you find it or you just replace it and it stays lost and that's a little bit like it was with Jesus here they are at the end of the old testament they're expecting the last of the prophets has come malachi and they're expecting the messiah to come and so i imagine every generation was going well this could be it this could be the time this is the time he's got to come it says he's coming soon It's got to be now. And they're searching around going, is this the the one? I wonder if that's him. And nothing happens. And then the next generation start going, well, it wasn't in our parents' time, but maybe it's in our time. And they start looking around. But then generation after that, and the one after that, and the one after that come, and still no Messiah. And what happens? It's like when you've lost something. It starts going out of the, the mindset And so when Jesus finally comes, nobody's even looking for him anymore. Well, he hasn't come for 400 years, 500 years. Why would he come now? We're not even bothering to look. Because we've looked in the past and our past generations have looked nothing. And so it was an unexpected time. No one was looking for the Messiah in that same way. The expectation wasn't there in their hearts. Many people have come saying they were the Messiah and they'd fallen away. People weren't really looking like they used to. And then there's the unexpected situation. The humble surroundings. In Luke 2 verse 7, it says this, And she gave birth to a firstborn, a son, wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Where are the royalty born these days? I looked it up. Do you know where they are born? St. Mary's. But not just St. Mary's Paddington, in the private wing of St. Mary's Paddington. They end, it costs at least £10,000 for every royal birth. That's how much it costs in the private wing There's St Mary's, just in case you want to give birth, and that's, now you know. That's where they're born. That's where royalty is born. You don't have royalty just turning up in a cab at Northwick Park Hospital. The, you know, the, the Queen's children don't just come along and they get a cab and they turn up and go, well, it's the nearest. It'll do, we'll just go to maternity like everybody else. No, they have it all organised, planned, it's all meticulous. Sort it. Everything will need to be checked out in advance. There's there's security measures and everything else that goes on. I used to work for the government years ago. And one of the things I was responsible was for an annual tour that we did for uh, um, just members of a certain committee and some of those members one of those members was the queen's cousin on that committee it was a nightmare when he was on when he came we used to actually probably shouldn't podcast this but we used to actually i used to phone up his private secretary and said when is he busy that's when we'll have our tour because when he came we had to they had to send The security forces, they needed to know every item of the itinerary. They had to go there to the hotel in advance, a week in advance, two days in advance, check it out. They had to check out the the coach companies that we were using, the catering companies that we were using, everywhere we went for food or for anything else. They had to check it all out because he was a high-profile security risk. And so they checked it all out in advance. It was a nightmare for us which is why it was better when he was out of the country doing something else because it just made my life a lot easier but that's what it would be like for a royal birth but here we have Jesus the king of kings and the lord of lords being born in a stable that doesn't make sense does it it flies in the face of everything that we understand I looked up some unusual places where people have been born. Baby Niall was born in a traffic jam just outside Leeds. Apparently there was an accident. This is in January last year. Traffic chaos. Wife pregnant in the car. Waters break. Decides to give birth while they're in this 15-mile tailback. So the guy... Give him his due, gets out the car, starts shouting at everyone, my wife's giving birth. Fortunately, within this traffic jam, there is a midwife that's also stuck there, so she comes and takes over. And baby Niall was born in the footwell of a VW Golf. Not the largest car in the world to give birth. Twins were born 87 days apart last year. That's a world record. Apparently, one was born in County Kilkenny in Ireland, and then the second one was born 87 days later. Not quite sure how that's even possible, but there you go. One of the best I heard was in a typhoon. Do you remember the typhoon that hit the Philippines? A baby was born, Baby Beatrice Joy, was born in the midst of that chaos. 10,000 people around her died and in the midst of all that carnage she was born last year on the commuter train from London Ashford Kent at 6.18pm Sonia gave birth again there was an off duty midwife in the carriage at the time which always helps one of the best I like is in North Manchester General Hospital. they managed to get the mother to the hospital. She was there having contractions. They went into the lift and the lift broke. So she gave birth in the lift while the doctors and the nurses started shouting down what to do to the poor husband as in the lift of Manchester General Hospital in July 2012. And one of the most unusual, in the year 2000 in Mozambique in Africa, there was flooding absolutely everywhere. And a mother climbed up a tree and gave birth in the branches of the tree to baby Rosetta. There are unexpected births in our world, but none more so than the creator of everything. In the beginning was Jesus Christ. He was there. As we looked at last week, he's the creator of everything. He's there in Genesis 1.1. And here he is being born in a no place. Not even in a hotel, just in an outback stable. Who would have thought? Who would ever look at that situation and say, this must be the Messiah? that unexpected situation. And not only that, we read in Luke 2.24 that Mary and Joseph were the poorest of the poor. They couldn't even give the the right kind of offering to give when they went to offer Jesus at the temple. They gave the poor person's offering. Why? Because they were close to destitute. They had nothing. So they couldn't give what they needed to. The most unusual kind of people you would imagine the Messiah born to. To an unmarried woman and an older man, a carpenter. Who would have thought? And so if you were to sit down and say, where's the King of the universe going to be born? Where's the Messiah going to be born You wouldn't have looked at any of those things and thought, this is going to be where. So it's not surprising, is it, that they didn't understand? But there's something deeper as well. I think they didn't understand. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness hasn't understood it. Because not only of the manner of the delivery but also the nature of the delivery we don't like light not real light you know when you have an unexpected visitor that comes round what's the first thing you do you welcome them in you tell them to go and sit in the front room and you say oh just be back and then you know what you do you tidy up Either that or you close all the doors to all the rooms that are not tidy. You run upstairs and you go, maybe they want to go to the loo a bit later. I'd better shut the bedroom door because I all my socks and all over the place. So I'll shut that one. Oh, the study's got to be shut because that's just an absolute tip. And, and so you shut all these doors so they've got a clean way through the doors. And you say, where, where's the toilet? They say, it's the one that's open. <laughs> so they know exactly where it is. We all do that. Why? Because we don't like light coming into our lives. We don't like people seeing the mess that we make, do we? And what is true for our houses when unexpected visitors come over, and we welcome them with a smile, but inwardly we're a little bit annoyed that they didn't check ahead of time, is even more true in our own lives. When the light shines in the darkness... It reveals what's around it. When we light up a place, it reveals everything that's around it. And often we become comfortable in the darkness and we don't like it. And how true is it that we prefer to keep those things hidden? How much of yourself do you keep hidden from others? We hide it behind these facades that we all wear. Behind all these things. You know the Methodists in the past, they used to have their class meetings and in their class meetings at the start, you know what they used to do? They used to have a big circle of people and in the middle was an empty chair. And one by one they would go into that chair every single week, each person in turn, and they would confess all their sins of the last week to the rest of the people there. Can you imagine doing that? Shall I break you into groups now and ask you to do that to one another? Why not? Can you imagine the openness that you would feel? It would be horrendous the first time you did it, wouldn't it? We'd all be sitting there for hours going, well, there was this and there was this and there was this. Oh, yeah, this and this. Why? Because we have all those areas that I'd say to you, you can see these bits of me, that's fine. You can show the light on these parts of me, but these other bits, they're going to stay in the shadows, thanks very much. Those thoughts that I have, I don't want you to know about them. That, that time where I lost my cool, I don't want you to know about that. You know that, that, that other time where I, where I did that thing, where I bought that really bad pair of boxer shorts for a friend of mine? You don't want to know about that, you know. All these things we kind of hide it and we like it hidden and we don't like the light coming into those dark places why? because we have it all neat and tidy and sewn up and I, and I have my life sewn up like that which says these are the light bits you can see and these are the dark bits that none of, nobody's going to see, I'm not going to let you see them I don't want you to see these bits because if you see them you might start thinking less of me You might start seeing me in a different way, and I don't want that. So let me just keep it nice. Let me keep you with the light. And when Jesus came as the light of the world, the light, the life that was the light of men, we preferred the darkness. So then why why did God choose this way? Why didn't Jesus just come with all the, the expectation that the Messiah was going to be? Why did He not just ride in on a white horse saying, Here I am, fully grown, I am the Messiah, I'm going to give you what you want. Why did He choose to come this way? Knowing that we would misunderstand. Knowing that in our darkness we wouldn't understand Who He truly is. Well, first I think it's because of this. We expect Christmas, the Christmas story, to be really nice. We like it comfortable and trouble-free, don't we? But the truth is that God wants to identify with our struggles. You know, so often we like the Christmas story really nice. I remember one time, one nativity service we did here a number of years ago. And the, the young people did the nativity service and they went up there by the crib and it was really nice. It was the usual chaotic nativity, you know, but it was really cool. And I went up to them and I said, what's wrong with this story? What, what are we missing here? And they were going, well, I don't know. And I said, well, and they'd all finished by then. And I said, well, let's get Mary and Joseph back up. What else? And we've got the angels and the shepherds and the sheep and everybody was up there. And I said, what's missing they were going, no, nothing's missing. We've got it all there. And I said, this is missing. And I went into there and I came out with a bucket load of manure. And I just tipped it all over the, the dais up there. And I said, that's what's missing. Because the Christmas story wasn't nice. We make it nice with all the coloured lights and everything else. And it's, it's lovely. But the original story, it wasn't very nice. Imagine giving birth in a stable amongst straw. Do you know how painful straw can be when you're sitting on it? Imagine giving birth in that with all the, if there were animals all around and the mess and the dirt and the filth. There's no hot water bucket and scrubbing up and it's just it's not nice. And all the kids started to smell this manure and they're going, oh, it stinks and they're all moving away from it. I said, but that's what it was like. And Jesus came as He did because He wants to say to us right at the very outset, you know what? I identify with your struggle. It wasn't nice for me. I could have come in a posh suite in the private wing of St. Paddington's, St. Mary's Paddington. But that's not what I wanted to say to you. I wanted to say to you, I understand your struggles. The writer to the Hebrews says it best. He says this in Hebrews four fifteen. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Listen to this. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so we may receive mercy and frying grace to help us in our time of need. Jesus had a lowly birth, the lowest of the low, because he wanted you and me to know that he understands our struggles. So that as we lift those struggles to him today, we don't have someone that was in the private wing. We have someone that was there in the dirt and the dust and the mire, just like we are sometimes. And we do a disservice to God, I think, when we sometimes sanitize the Christmas story, because we hide the message of why Christ came. God wanted to identify with our struggles. But also, he, we expect the Christmas story to be like a, a royal gala, don't we? But what God wanted to set an example of humility for us to follow. You know, Herod's temple was just six miles away. Place full of gold and silver, magnificent. It would have been on the circuit of every national trust member. You would have gone there you want to see Herod's temple? It's beautiful, historic building, amazing in all its colour and brightness and, and, and just fantastic. And you'd go from room to room just being awestruck at the sights. And while Herod was sitting there in his temple, Jesus was being born in a stable. Philippians says it, doesn't it? He gave up everything, became a servant. He made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. God humbled himself like that because he wants us to be humble too. What did Jesus do throughout his life? He demonstrated that humility. Right throughout his life. He spoke about it. He witnessed to it. He lived it. He said the first will be last and the last will be first. And in that upper room with his disciples before he was going to go and be betrayed and then go and be killed. What did he do? He took his clothes off, his his outer garments. He knelt down and he washed their feet. And he said this is what it means to be a follower of Christ. From the beginning to the end of his life, he demonstrated humility. And he calls us to do the same. Why did Christ come like that, even though the darkness wouldn't understand? To identify with our struggles, to show us humility so that we might follow. And lastly, we expect the Christmas story to be a demonstration of his supremacy. But God wanted to make a statement about his incredible love for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. What we want is the Christ of power so much. Isn't it? Lord, we wish you would come in power so there would be no destitute in our world. Amen? Lord, we wish you would come in power so there would be no more violence in our world. Amen? We wish you would come in power, there will be no more sickness in our world. Amen? We want the Christ of power to come into our world right now. To fix all the problems. I do. My life would be fantastic if Christ came back and fixed everything. And yours would be too. And that's what we want. The Christ to come in His power, His authority, to throw out evil in our world, to bring in that new world order. There'll be goodness and everything will be fantastic. But you know what? First, Christ needed to come and show his love. Do you know when we see in our world people of power? Generally, they don't have the love that goes with it, do they? They're powerful for a bit, and what happens with that power? It goes wrong, it corrupts, it goes terribly wrong and everything starts falling apart. Christ came first in love because first of all we need to hear and understand and experience the love of God. Then Christ will come in power. Why do you think Christ still has the nails, marks in his hands and his feet? Because when he comes in power, we'll recognize that he first came in love. And someone who understands love first, then power has the correct perspective. It works in the right way. You can't have it the other way around. And the reason Jesus came, even though he knew the darkness wouldn't understand it, is because first and foremost he had to come in love. He had to come and demonstrate how far he was willing to go to show his love for you and for me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whosoever believes in him may not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, at Christmas, we don't really want the Union Jack boxer shorts. That's why I've given my gift away because what we want is the power stuff we want the stuff that's going to you know but actually what we need when Mike is going around in that drawer and his Jamaican boxer shorts have all been worn out he's going to be thankful come April May time for a pair of Union Jack boxer shorts you know he's going to think about this I don't know how he's going to explain it to his wife, but anyway. (laughs) You know, Jesus came not to give us what we want, but to give us what we need. A demonstration of his love, an example of humility for us to follow, and someone that we know can identify in all of our struggles as we journey this Advent through this Christmas, remember the Christ who came. You know, because it's in our struggles that we need to know of Jesus. It's in those times where we feel unloved that we need to know that He loved us that much. Let's just close your eyes right now. Lord, you know where we are right now with you. You know our struggles. You know those times where we feel unloved and abandoned. You know those times where we don't show the humility and pride gets in the way. Lord, I thank you. We thank you. That we don't just have the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The one who has the storehouses of heaven at his disposal to worship. But we have the light that shines in the darkness. That you looked at us And you saw what we needed. And we needed God, God's love. A love that broke every boundary, every barrier. That comes and floods our hearts. And in the midst of those struggles, in the midst of that unlovingness, in the midst of all that going on in our lives... You still say, I love you. Cast your burdens on me. Because I understand. Because I've been there. Lord, whatever we're going through today, may we cast it on you. Because we have a great high priest right now. You're sitting at the right hand of the Father. And you're someone who understands us. Everything we go through. And you're willing to give to us from the storehouses of heaven. Because you first demonstrated the depth of your love for us. Lord, we thank you that your light shined in the darkness. Even though the darkness didn't understand because it's in the darkness in our lives that we most need the light of Christ. Shine in us, we pray, as we journey this Advent. For we ask this in the name of Christ. Amen.